Hey, Dreamers. I can't believe it. We are so close to Dreamers Podcast existing for three whole years. To celebrate this amazing accomplishment, I have decided to put together a live event here just outside of Philadelphia, May 20th. DreamCon will be an all-day event where you can meet past guests, network with other Dreamers, and play minute-to-minute games to raise money for charity, and of course, so much more. Tickets are on sale now at superjoepardo.com slash dreamcon. I can't wait to see you all there. Hey, Dreamers. Today, my guest is making his dreams come true by focusing on his music. Dreamers, I'd like to welcome Rich, uh, also known as Trippy Trip. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm all right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to come here to uh, to my studio here at my house in uh, good old Clarksboro, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rich, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself? Well, first of all, I'm a rapper. I, uh, I started writing music around age 11 and, uh, I've been doing it ever since. I didn't start taking it any type of serious until like age 15. And it was basically just, I was pretty insecure growing up. So I really vented through my music. Like I got bullied. So anything I didn't say to them, I said in my music, I, always was putting like anything from girls that wouldn't give me any shine to bullies that were getting at me would all go into my music. And as I went along, I shared it with friends and they said that I was good. So then I started to think to myself, why not share it with more people? So I started making mixtapes off a karaoke machine with my buddies and uh, I'd pass them out at school. Sometimes I'd even charge like two bucks for them. And, uh, it it was all fun at first, but then like I got to, it it didn't seem like anybody was really picking up on it, even though it was like a childhood dream. And I got to high school and still was doing it. And then, um, when I got to college, I really almost stopped doing it. But a friend of mine, uh, named Chuck Thomas, who's also a rapper, uh, he'd been a lot older than me and he still was pushing with the dream. So then he motivated me to keep on going. And, uh, since then I've done other things, but yeah, that's, that's the history of it, Uh, of the music side. Um, so, all right. So how many years have you, have you been taking it serious? Well, at this point, I'd say like really, I started actually like recording at studios at age 18, but I've been really wanting to be a rapper since age 15. And I'm 23 now, so eight years. Okay, Bye. all right. Yeah, I mean, none of this happens overnight. No. You know, it, it takes time to uh, to develop not just your craft, your skill, and and the connections. It's it's a whole lot of things that all mm-hmm. come together. I mean, I well, I'm not a rapper by any stretch. Uh, DJing is that is that outlet on my end, and uh, yeah, doing the, it's very similar and totally the, related. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very related. Um, but just like, you know, making those connections, but at the same time you got to have the skills and you got to keep, you know, practicing and there's a whole level of business layers that go along with, um, just to get that creative outlet that you, uh, so desired from the age of, uh, you said from the age of 13, 11, 11, sorry. Um, so 
when you were when you really started to, uh, recording in studios and, and getting to you know I guess taking it to that level of being of seriousness where like you're you're getting studio time. Studio time is not cheap for anyone who doesn't know. Not at all. <laughs> no, it's it's really not, and uh, and rightfully so because it's there's a ton of equipment and and engineering and there's a lot that goes into making that that studio time uh, mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Uh, what were some of the first steps you took to get started? Like leading up to, I guess I'm going to go and get the studio time. That's not cheap. Well, the thing was like, people kept saying that I was good at rapping, but they would only listen to a little bit of my stuff because the quality was so bad. As you can imagine, even if I take it back to high school, recording on a karaoke machine where you have to listen to the beat in the background and then just have to like go and you have to do it in one take. So that that was one positive. Like I learned to do stuff in one take. But uh, aside from that, yeah, everybody would complain. Like, Rich, it's great that you're giving us CDs, but in a car it sounds horrible. Like, and I'd be like, well, you're right. So as I started performing, and and because a, a performance isn't really judged by a sound quality as it is by skill. So as I started performing, more people heard my stuff. I said to myself, I was like, listen, if I really want to take this seriously, then free isn't going to cut it. Like you, you got to put money into your dream if you want to do it. Like, it, like I, I, don't, I don't know who to compare it to, but I'm sure like anybody who chased their dream just didn't wait for it to fall on their lap. Like, so like, that's when I decided I was, I, I had been recording in like dorm studios and with friends of people, but then I actually, I, um, I was I think 18, about to be 19, and that's when I met uh, my buddy Chuck Thomas that I mentioned earlier, and he introduced me to uh, a person named Tommy Capuano, and he had a studio in his basement, but he was good enough to where he was charging people, and I recorded my first mixtape there, Music You Can Nod To, and that totally, just the fact that I paid somebody and they gave me a quality product that I could actually present anywhere, that totally changed the game for me because I didn't feel like embarrassed about how my quality sounded anymore. So that, that really just something that I could present anywhere to anyone and they could listen to it. That, that was what did it for me to change. I'll never go back to just mediocre, uh, trials. No. And, and that's, that's the thing. Cause I, I think, you know, when we, when we make concessions like that, um, we're constantly just like qualifying it when we give it to somebody like, yeah, I, like here's, here's that, you know, that tape or here's that product that I was building, but, but it isn't perfect. And, and you, you know, you just kind of got to overlook this or that. And, you know, I really wish I could do this differently, but I couldn't and, yeah. and stuff like that. And that's where it's like, well, you know, if you put your money where your mouth is mm-hmm. and, uh, then you can make that happen. You know, you can make that difference. Um, and that difference could be all the all the world a difference of getting somebody to actually listen to it and it, it hitting. I mean, it, even you know, one extra person is a bigger audience than zero. You know, zero, exactly. one is greater than zero. So, uh, just open having that door being able to be open for you is is so important uh, on so many levels. Um, so, how, how did your family take you wanting to be a rapper? Well, my family's actually always been pretty supportive. I mean. My mom is probably the reason I'm even interested in rap because uh, she bought my first rap CD for me. Oh, what's that? Which, which was that? <laughs> well, my first rap CD ever was, um, 
it was a little Bow Wow CD. So, yeah, it, it wasn't anything, like, really crazy. But I was seven years old when I got it, so that's my excuse. Um, and then three years later, uh, she also got me the Eminem show. So those were the first two rap CDs I heard. And my mom has always pushed me to, like, my dad, he was all in the Led Zeppelin and Van Halen. It was, like, a foreign language to him. Mm-hmm. Like, he, really, he, he was the target. He's like, yo, you ever sag your pants? You're out of my house. But then later on in high school, ninth grade, he was the one buying me the triple X t-shirts and all this. So like my parents, they never disputed what I wanted to do. In fact, they're like my two biggest fans. They listen to all my music. They have all my CDs and and my, the rest of my family is too. Like they they just, I couldn't ask for a better support system. And it's really crazy to me because I know I have friends of mine that if they came home and they were like, oh, I want to be a rapper, their parents would be like, what are you talking about? Like, And they don't, they accept it because they know that it's not my only path. And I say that in a positive way because like I have a job aside from it. Like I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket per se. And I think that's why they're so ready to accept that this is what I want to do because I've always been brought up to be a hard worker. Like I'm not just going to sit at home and wait for to become a rapper and hope that it happens. Like I'm going to have a job while I'm doing it to support myself. And then if, when that takes over, that'll be great when it takes over. So, but yeah, they've always been supportive. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. I mean, it, it definitely makes, uh, again, all the world a difference mm-hmm. uh, to have that, that support system there. And, uh, you know, for your dad, I mean, you should just, well, if, if at the time you, you could have been like, well, and you probably didn't even know, but you could have been like, well, you know, if you if you listen to uh, Deborah Harry, uh, you know, she she had uh, and I'm blanking on the song, but I, I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So the, there there's that that cross of uh, rock and and uh, to to I mean it is still music and it's still rooted in rock and roll, mm-hmm. uh, regardless if people realize it or not at this point. So, uh, Rich, what's been the biggest roadblock for you with music and, the, and just, I guess, dealing with the having a job and, and pr- pursuing this at the same time? Well, the, there's been a couple. I mean, for one, it's a huge learning experience. Like there was so much involved in taking this serious that I had no idea existed. Like for one money, a lot of the time and that pieces in with the, there's a lot of shady people that say they do things that they don't really do or or act like they're they're more established than they are like i've dealt with promoters that really aren't like like they're they're not as established as they say they are so you go to their show and there's not as many people that show up or whatever and you already paid to get a slot and you're like wondering what did i just pay for and all this and that and it's also like I never knew how much studio time would cost. Like I, I always figured I'd, it'd be a good amount of money, but there's studios that I, I can't even believe how much they charge. And I'm sure it's worth it for what they do. Sure. I'm not doubting anybody's craft, but it, it's just, it's insane sometimes to produce a project and also pay your bills at the same time. So you got to make decisions and sometimes you don't put out things as fast as you want to because of it or, and stuff like that. Like, um, I've had, uh, uh, you just got to be careful who you work with. That's the biggest roadblocks, like trusting people in, in music because like I, I've had videos go astray where I, I planned to do a music video, had everybody all hyped up for it. Then it didn't come out until a month later. And like, 
that might not seem like a lot to people, but when you have people excited and then nothing happens for a month after you said it was going to happen, people lose interest. They're like, they stop taking you as serious as they might've been. And like time is kind of everything is what I've learned. But aside from the money aspect, like roadblocks are just, I guess in the beginning I had stage fright, which I had to get over pretty quick because you can't be a rapper from your room. So, but uh, I mean, nothing that I couldn't really handle, uh, honestly, but yeah, just like finding the right people to work with. Like I, like I've found uh, a studio that I'm at now, uh, resilient studios and they're based in Philadelphia and uh, it's run by Tommy Capuano. And like, I have a, a base set kind of like music family with them and it's really kind of a cool aspect. And that's pushed me further than I ever thought I could go. The same thing with having support from my family, my girlfriend, I have friends now that support me in, and actually think that I can do this. So yeah, the biggest hurdle has been finding out who to work with. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, with anything, with anybody that you're partnering up with, they got to be able to, um, f- you know, come through on what they're, what they're proposing, what they, uh, you know, the, having that body of work is like a resume, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things. Like what I've been building with this show is is a resume, mm-hmm. and not just with the show, but like all of my things, and um, just the same as you know, making music or or whatever it is that you're working towards. Um, you know, it, it's it, it goes hand in hand with your your word and like your reputation that you built for yourself from the ground up. Um, but yeah, I, I I could totally understand like that. Like when people say that they're, they're able to do this or that, I mean, things don't always go the way we expect them to, right? Yeah, like course. as far as like, you know, if you, if you're saying I'm a promoter and I can, you know, um, I can come through on X, Y, and Z and then X, Y, and Z falls, you know, or X falls through, but mm-hmm. Y and Z comes through like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. So, but yeah. as, a, as, you know, from the perspective of what you were saying about straight stage fright and gaining that confidence, being a kid that got picked on growing up. I mean, I'm from that same background. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's funny because music is actually very confidence building. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I, I love um, hip hop and, and rap music uh, a lot. And I grew up listening to a lot of rock and roll and um, plenty of other uh, genres as well. But the, it's it's the the confidence building that mm-hmm. um and and I mean you're living proof of that uh right here because of that and uh just real quick I wanted to uh add to what I said I uh I understand with like promoters and stuff everyone's human I I just you know you sign up for stuff and you have expectations like everything else but uh yeah I uh confidence building was huge with music like because I was, I'm still that type of kid. Like I, I'm pretty much a pacifist type. Like I, if I, if there's, doesn't have to be a problem with somebody, I don't want there to be, I'll go to any step that I can to not have a problem with somebody. Like, even if they're in the wrong, I'll be like, listen, I'm trying to see it from your point of view, but with music, there's no boundary for me. Like I, like it, it started off kind of like uh confrontational with music back in the day because like, I really was putting it all out there. Like I really was saying what I wanted to say to these people that were making fun of me. And actually one day I, uh, I made the mistake of bringing one of my songs in and it got taken from me from by another student and they read it out loud to the entire class. 
And I was actually called down to the office because they like thought I was like going to do something to like people. Like I, I didn't say anything threatening, but like it, it was pretty harsh words in the song. And like uh, my mom came down and I actually have a, a song about this on music and not to, but my mom came down and she like fought the whole school faculty telling him that like, Oh, did, my son's been picking on for a while now. And this is just his way of expression. And, and it just kept going with that. Like anything that went wrong in my life, I put into music and it made me as a whole, like a better person. And it, and it came even better with like the validation from like, I joined a group in Rowan university called uh lyrical Alliance. And, and they were just like a group of awesome people that would like promote your stuff. And like, they made you feel like a million dollars when you were up there performing it. And like, even like people that I don't know, like even being on the show, like someone saying, yo, I'll interview you. Like you, for instance, like saying, yo, I want to interview you on my show. That's, that's an amazing thing. Like that makes you feel like great. Like, so yeah, it does. And you know, I got to say that it, no matter how many times I get interviewed, it still feels great when somebody reaches out and asks that, uh, of me and, it's yeah cool because it's common it's, it's it's validation right like mm-hmm. of what we do uh from a different perspective than just getting to perform yeah um it, you know it says that we have something to say and and something i mean i don't know about you but like when i when i go to a concert the uh one of the things that i'd rather hear other than um extended versions of songs that are that are aren't just what i could play in my car or at home um is is opinion and you know like say something you know Mm -hmm. you you obviously you have something to say probably i mean if you you would think um but you know to to actually take the time to to do that and and um you know have that conversation during a show is is important to me because again i can listen to your music all day in while i'm working in the car anywhere and i probably am but the point of seeing you live is because I want to hear what you yeah. have to say. I want to hear, you know, a different version of your song. I mean, that's why um, I love going to see uh, Tool because, like, they play, like, really long extended versions. And also, like, Bruce Springsteen, they'll play really long mm-hmm. extended versions and different versions of their songs. It's like you can't hear this because this isn't what exactly. was originally recorded. You also get like the human kind of experience. Like, it, like a lot of times, at least I believe they do. Like, there's certain artists when you go to see them, like they're really grateful for their fans. Like, they really like, like people who do like meet and greets and and stuff like that. Like, that is what I think is awesome about certain artists. Like, when you're that, like you're a famous person, but you still take the time out to like sit with a fan that like, and, and like give them your name and like take a picture with them and sign. Like that, that right there. Or even have a conversation. Like, I went to a Royce the 5'9 concert with a buddy of mine a couple months ago. And he invited, like, there was people in the audience. He invited, like, three of them up on stage to, like, take a picture. And and you could see, like, it just made their, like, night. Like, to just, like, people that aren't, don't have that celebrity, like, attitude are, like, great to me. And if I I ever blew up, I'd like to, like, aspire to be, like, that type of performer. Well, if you were, <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, that just reminds me of that time that was like Usher had some lady on his stage and she like lifted her leg up and like kicked him in the face. Uh, yeah. Really? Because she like went to like, 
it was like a chair or, or some kind of like lounge thing on the stage and she went to like straddle it so she like kicked her leg up over and smacked oh him in the God. face with her uh, uh i guess high heel or whatever she was wearing at the time wow. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean you're opening yourself up to that kind of stuff to happen but yeah but totally totally worth it i mean hey i remember <laughs> like i remember it because i don't know i think it was like on the news or something um but anyway yeah that that um you know and that's that's another thing i i, I try to like i constantly am reminding people like it's when you when you have that level of people that want to talk to you or or stop you know take a picture and stuff like that like you got to have that that energy to to not only just perform for you know an hour uh or or even if you're just doing it like your own job like or like i'm up speaking right and mm. after i get done speaking if you know people are like hey i want you know i want to take a picture sign my book and all of that and it's really wonderful like i'm i'm honored that people are like hey i want to, i want you to sign my book or sign your book that I'm giving to them, something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, it's it, it's awesome, but at the same time, it's like you got to have all that extra energy to be able to to make that happen. Yeah, you know, for every person that 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 wants to. But hey, you know, it's a to me, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, of course, it's a good because to be appreciated for what you uh, what you bring to the table is is awesome. Um, so. What was your childhood dream before you uh, decided that you wanted to be a rapper? Well, um, I I had a lot of things. Like I I have a, a few things in my back of my head that I still like would like to indulge in. Like I I went to college for psychology, and uh, I one of my dream jobs is I'd like to be a drug and alcohol counselor because like some of my family has problems in addiction and it's affected me in a negative and in a positive way in that like i don't see like a lot of people see drug addicts as like devils like the the, when really they're to me at least they're broken people and i i'd like to believe that a lot of broken things can be fixed so like that's what i'd like to help in doing like in because i like growing up everybody always i was always that friend that people came to with their problems like even if i didn't say much like they always called me a good listener So, like, I kind of just wanted to put that into a career. And that's kind of what I'm working towards now. I mean, I'm a house painter now. I work for my dad's business. But, like, that's mainly just to pay off my loans (laughs) from school because, you know, student debt and all that. But as soon as I get all that under control, that's what I'll be pursuing along with this ideal dream, of course, too. But, yeah. Hmm. Now, did you did you finish school? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. So I you... have a BA. Oh, mm-hmm. really? Oh, okay. Wow. All right. So, I mean, do you have any plans to go back and like get your master's? Um, I mean, uh, eventually, probably. Yeah. It, it's just as I said with the whole student debt thing. I don't know right now if I want to go right back into yeah into it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just. I've even thought of like school counseling too, because I'm pretty good with kids, even though I don't necessarily know if I'd like to work with kids. Like everybody tells me, Rich, you're great with kids. So I, I think about it sometimes. So I know when they, you get out of college, everybody says you should know what you want to do by now, but I'd really like to talk to like whoever made that rule up. Cause I talked to so many people at my age and even older than me that are like, I still don't know what I'm doing. And it's like, it's, I, I think personally, as long as you're pushing and you're, 
you're paying your bills and you're doing like the next right thing you can do. Why, why should anybody say anything about you? Like you, no matter what stage you're at, but that, that's just what I think. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, I lot, you know, <laughs> the person that, that came up with that probably knew what they, what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was also probably older than the fact that like uh, student debt is, is out of control at mm-hmm. this point uh, in, in our country. But yeah, I mean, there's always something else, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, we're constantly wanting to grow, constantly wanting to, to learn. And it that's, you know, because we're alive rather mm-hmm. than just like stationary um, and and not growing, not wanting to learn, not wanting to change and, and do things. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if I, I mean, if I was you, I'd be definitely trying to find a job that is in that field at, at the very least. But you know, you, you, hey, you never know if you really want to work with kids until you actually try it. Yeah, and people might say, you know, people do say like, oh yeah, you're, you're great with kids, but that doesn't necessarily mean you want to work with kids. Yeah, like yeah. that just means like, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy being around kids and because they're fun and, and we're learning, and we're playing, and we're having a great time. Like. I can, I, you know, I can get down with that, but I don't know that I want to go because you know what it is, is it's not about working with kids. It's about all the, the crap that you're going to have to deal with. That's aside from the time that you're sitting down and talking with the kids. It's the political side of the Mm -hmm. school. It's the paperwork that you're going to have to fill out. It's, you know, there's a whole mess of stuff that you're going to be like, yeah, 20% of the time I was talking to kids and I love it. It's awesome. It's fun. It's engaging. And eighty percent of it's me sitting here doing paperwork, and I'm like <laughs> hating myself. <laughs> yeah. So you know that's not necessarily you know where where you would want to be. Though I I know with most schools now they have like bullying counselors or something mm-hmm. like that, where they're just focusing on on bullying. So uh, may, maybe that's like a better you know option than a guidance counselor yeah where a guidance counselor i would expect most of 90 percent of the time mm. you're just doing paperwork <laughs> um anyway what do your dreams to the future look like rich well uh i just put out a, a new project and uh is that, is that the one sitting here on my desk yeah oh yeah, awesome it, congratulations yeah. thank you um yeah i just put out this new project called translucent and i i've really pushed it more than I've pushed anything else. Like I got posters for it. I got better hard copies made to my last project. I put out a music video that I actually paid for to have made. Well, basically like I just want to keep on doing more for each thing that I do in any way that I can. Like I'd like to do another video for this project. I'd like to have more shows. Like shows are like the most difficult thing to book. I'm figuring out. Cause like, uh, it's just you gotta as i said earlier you gotta see what's worth it for what you pay and plus like new jersey's hip-hop scene is kind of weak like you have to kind of travel to to perform and uh, i mean that's just my experience but yeah oh yeah i mean it's it's philadelphia or yeah, new york yeah so which i mean you guys you're i'm saying you guys but you you live not that close to philadelphia no Right, like I li- I mean, I can see the skyline from down the street. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I mean, because you're you're down in um, what was it, Mays Landing? No, or? I'm I actually live in Woodbine right now, which is by Vineland area. Oh, okay. But okay. Uh, I'm from Wildwood, so that's even further. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> so. is. So yeah, that, that does make it difficult. Um, yeah, yeah, you you do have to be willing to travel. I mean, my one good friend Jeff Langley, who's been on the show quite a few times now, uh, he he um. 
would travel back and forth to New York regularly so that he could play like in the pits mm-hmm. or actually just sit, just to sit in the pits on Broadway mm-hmm. uh, for the opportunity for someone to come, you know, not show up to work that day so he could play. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, it's, that's, that's, you know, an hour and a half each way from here. Uh, so it's, that's, it's dedication, man. But now, now he's you know the big he's turning into a big shot over in the Walnut Street Theater. That's awesome. He's uh, the uh, assistant conductor, or I think that's just the title. Something like that he's he's like not the conductor, but he's the just under the conductor at the at the theater. So yeah, that's I great. mean, but that's taking year you know it's like ten yeah. years of but but that's tra- the, lots of lots and lots of traveling. That's the the thing. Like you asked, like what my I've really just. The only thing I can dream related to this is like, I just want to, I want to have the will to keep on pushing no matter what gets in the way. And that's like what I've been trying to do with each project. Like, and my dreams, as far as the other things we talked about is by like 28, I'd like to be set in a career that I enjoy, whether it's a guidance counselor or a drug. I think I'm going to end up somewhere in that area. I'm not sure where yet, but I know I will. I'm pretty resourceful. So, and I'm not the type to just sit and wait for things. As I said, I, I, I don't, as long as I can pay my bills, I'm happy and I'm able to still do the thing I love. I don't care what I end up as, to be honest. Like as long as I can afford, like to supply my family, if I have one at that age and, and like have a home, really, I, I could be anything. And as long as I can still do what I love and supply them with a, with a nice life, I don't care what my title is because I, I don't think any job's better than any other one. So, but uh, yeah, as far, as far as my music, yeah, I just want to keep being able to push forward and and be taken more and more serious. Like I, I would like one day to make some kind of monetary gain out of my music. I mean, I do it because I love it, but I mean, it'd be nice if someone wanted to buy it once in a while instead of uh, stuff like that. But um, Or if like I did a show and made like such and such amount but uh, as i said i do it more for just loving the feeling but yeah well at that point you know it's it's so it seems like you're you're prioritizing and that's the Mm -hmm. important part right i mean everything that we we do um like in in my case i like i would love to do a follow-up to adventuratorium my my disney album my disney dj album and uh, the problem is I know it's going to take like three months to do, especially since I'm really, you know, rusty at this point because I haven't had time because I've been building my other businesses. Oh, and... I, I heard you got a new job. Congratulations on that. I did. Oh, yeah. thank you very yeah, much. No yes. At the time that this will be released, it will not be a, as new of a job. But yes, <laughs> working at, at HopeWorks uh, in Camden has been uh enlightening to say the least mm. uh some of the inspirational stories that i've and they're, and they're not meant to be inspirational but they're inspirational to me because of what they're um overcoming to to be there to to make right. a life for themselves to prioritize their future mm-hmm. and the things that they want out of life not just like material things but in general the type of life that they want is so it, it, it's so amazing Mm-hmm. to get to work with these with these kids um and i say kids but they're anywhere between you know 17 and or 16 like i don't know teenagers to to young young adults um but thank you yeah it's it's really awesome no um so i haven't had a chance to listen to to the album by the way yet so <laughs> i'm looking okay. i'm looking forward to it uh definitely looking forward to it 
And uh, before we, we share how people can connect with you and get the album online, I assume it's online. Yeah. Yes, good. Uh, <laughs> is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Um, Just basically, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but everybody who's doing what I'm doing or what you're doing or what anybody who's chasing a dream, like you really, you, you got to put your everything into it. And I don't mean all at once. I just mean you got to be willing to take a risk or two and that's what I've learned like you can't just hope you got to actually do some things that you're going to be a little scared sometimes to do but it's going to work out and you're going to be happy with yourself that you did it because it's going to push you just that much further even if it's just in your resolve or you're going to learn something of maybe next time I won't take that path or talk to that person but I'm still going to keep on moving because everything's a learning experience with a dream it is, yes. Constantly learning, constantly uh, finding a new path, and then constantly being able to um, come up with new solutions because the old solutions didn't work. And uh, so how people, how can people find you and connect with you online? Well, um, I'm on SoundCloud at Trippy156. All of my projects can be found there. Also, uh, I have some videos on YouTube, uh, especially for my new single, uh, Memory Lane. And uh, that's also Trippy156, and that's on YouTube. And um, I also have a Facebook page, which, yeah, I'm reading off my card here. Uh, uh, sorry. Trippy Official Music page. And um, my website is – actually, I just got a new website. So I'm tweaking it and stuff, so I won't be sharing that. But it, it's okay. – <laughs> Everything. Well, by the time it, but we, well, will it be ready in like two months? Yeah, yeah, it will be. Okay, so and then what's the address? Because this won't be out for about two months. It is. Actually, it's trippy trip raps, uh, dot weebly dot com. It can be found. And uh, it there's all my links are connected. Like if you go on my Facebook, you can get to my SoundCloud, my my Instagram, everything. I'm also on Instagram at trippy156 too. So everything's trippy156. Remember <laughs> that, you'll find me. I will be found. <laughs> Very good. Well, we'll have those in the show notes so people can connect with you online. Rich, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. I appreciate you having me, man. You're very it's welcome. really nice to be on here. Yeah, it's nice to have you here in the studio, and uh, it's a great conversation. And I'd love to have you on the show again in like a year to check, you know, check in and see how everything's been going. Definitely. Look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you very much, Rich. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Dreamers Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Dreamers Podcast. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dreamers Podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the Dreamers Podcast, please send an email to j at jpar.co. This podcast is copyright 2014 by jpar.co.